Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Friday. This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm excited for today. You know, it's a, it's a casual Friday. And today I'm wearing a T-shirt for the first time. Uh, I'm wearing uh, blue jeans as well. My T-shirt, what does it say? Uh, well, if you download the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services, uh, there's a little video camera. You can see this. And let me stand up, make sure that uh, you can see. Uh, it says Girl Dad. It's a birthday gift for my mom. I'm a, I'm a dad to a, a beautiful new baby girl, and one of the things that gets me excited on Friday is knowing that uh, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, I'll get to be spending time uh, with her. So I'm wearing my Girl Dad t-shirt today, my blue jeans, and I'm excited for Friday. I'm excited for uh, the upcoming weekend uh, and all of the great coverage uh, we're going to present to you on this program today. We're going to start off with a story that I've been following for some time, and if, if I'm honest, it represents a, a shift in my attitude on something. I'll admit that there was a, uh, a time in my life when if there were no other cars on the road uh, and I needed to shoot out a quick text message or if I felt an alert come in through the vibrate or heard the ding, I would I'd pick up my phone while I was on the road uh, and uh, try to do so as safely as possible, uh, take a look down at the phone. But uh, what I came to realize was that there is no safe way to do that. Uh, and for me to do that myself, I was uh, compromising my own safety, and more importantly, I was compromising the safety of those uh, who may have been around me. Uh, there have been, here in the state of Utah for a number of years, efforts to uh, enhance the laws against the, that such behavior. There are certain laws uh, in other states uh, where it's a crime to be a, util- a primary offense, to be using your cell phone uh, in your hand while you're driving. In fact, I remember the the first real cell phone I ever owned was when I returned from being a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was, uh, I was in New York State, and I got my first flip phone, cell phone, and I was driving down the street in my uh, Ford Contour, and I made a phone call, and I got pulled over almost immediately. That was my first exposure to these types of laws, and uh, that frustrated me. I thought it was an intrusion, uh, but as I told you, uh, my attitude has evolved over the years, and now I am one that uh, feels that there ought to be strong restrictions placed on uh, what we do with our phones while driving. Uh, on that point, we have a number of times on this program spoken to Representative Carol Spackman Moss, who joins us on the line now. Representative, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. It's Friday. That's a good thing. Uh, well, l- we have a long day ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. There have been some developments on your uh, piece of legislation which would, uh, which would prohibit the use of cell phones while driving in the hand. Uh, w- share with us that development, please. Yes, I'm happy to tell you that 
The bill uh, was heard in the Senate on Tuesday on a time certain. Uh, my Senate sponsor, Representative Don Ibsen, presented and he wanted to do it that day to honor a man who was a constituent of his who seven years ago on Tuesday was killed by in St. George by a car driven by a t woman who was texting and speeding and lost control of the car and jumped over the curb and hit and killed Don Henson and seriously injured his wife, Leslie, who now lives in Salt Lake and has become a, an advocate and has come and testified against this bill. The Senate, so the if, bill I could, passed. If, I, if I could interrupt real quick, uh, the, the senator shared yeah. that story from the floor of the Senate just yesterday, and I happened yeah. to grab... I happen to grab a, a piece of audio, uh, so let me, if, if you don't mind, just take a moment. I'm going to share uh, with you some audio from the Senator, Senator Ibsen, uh, telling the story that you just mentioned. Seven years ago today, Dave and Leslie Hansen and his, his wife Leslie were walking down the sidewalk in front of the Sunbrook Golf Course, and they were hit. Dave was killed seven years ago today. And I thought it would be well that we, we remembered this and dealt with... It. His wife was in extreme critical condition, was in the hospital a long time. She's, she's recovered, and she's on with her life today. Representative, you, you used a phrase, time certain. Uh, that means that, you know, if everyone's in agreement, that things can happen at a very precise time. And so this debate, which took place on the floor of the Senate yesterday, uh, the timing was selected intentionally to commemorate uh, the, the seven-year anniversary uh, of the unfortunate passing of the friend of the legislator. Uh, after these stories and the, other, the rest of the debate took place on the floor of the Senate yesterday, uh, then what happened? Okay, can I just add that he didn't Please. say, I guess it was implied, that the woman who hit and killed Dave and, and injured his wife was texting and speeding, lost control of her car, went over the curb, and that's when the accident happened. She was actually texting, going about 50 miles an hour. Horrific and unacceptable. So what happened... Okay, what happened was the, they have the they have what they call second reading, and it right. they voted, and it was twenty four and twenty in favor, and they have nine. So uh, I think one or two were off the floor. So what? Seven, eight no's, <clears throat> and then uh, then they had to do. Um, and I'm sitting close by, having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> but, mm. um, Again, but when something's on time certain, the the legislator has a pretty good idea he or she has the vote, or right. they wouldn't do it publicly. And then they had to do it again because there was some electronic glitch, so that was the startling thing. And so, again, tension. And then they did what they call third reading, and then it passed again. There were 19 because one of the votes had to go off the floor for a few minutes. And then he tabled it because it has a fiscal note. And a fiscal note is something. Note, a cost. So we felt like both of us feel like it's not accurate because it's just making a guess. Like there may be this many more fines and citations bring in this much money. And then the courts submitted that there might be this many new court cases, so that would increase their workload. And then they just took the difference, and it came up 104000 Well, 
it's simply speculation, Lee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so Representative or Senator Ibsen is, uh, you know, con- working with the fiscal analyst to see if we can get rid of that. I mean, we'll try to find the money, but that's the hang up now because right. you've heard the budget problems, right. you've heard the budgetary woes, and so he thinks uh, Senator Ibsen thinks that Tuesday he'll have it wrapped up and figured out, and then there'll be one last vote. All right. Tuesday. Well, uh, I'll keep my so, fingers crossed. I'm grateful to you for, for shepherding this thank through. You. Keeping us thank up to speed you for here. what you've said about it, and your article was uh, very kind, and I did tweet it out. Outstanding. <laughs> so, so, again, thank you. And this will make Utah's roads safer. We all want to be safe when we're out there driving. There's so many of us on the roads now. And we want our kids to have good driving habits. And, you know, as I've stated, two to, teens are two to four times more likely to text and drive if they see their parents driving. So that's a big responsibility. Parents have to take that seriously. Very good. Representative, I'm grateful to you for your time. Thanks for explaining this to us. Okay, you bet. Thank you. All righty. Uh, real quick there, the, the hang-up now is that there's a price tag. The smart folks uh, who, who understand these things, they claim uh, that there's a price tag for the passage of this legislation. And as money is tight up on Utah's Capitol Hill, uh, we need to either uh, reassess that price tag or find a way to pay it. So we're going to follow that. Uh, I've made a note uh, next Tuesday. The prediction is that this gets sorted out. We'll touch base with the representative as well as Senator Ibsen uh, next week and see if this will make its way ultimately to uh, the governor's uh, desk. I'm joined in studio uh, by KSL's Mark Duke with breaking news. Uh, sir, what's going on? Well, this is the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as it continues to monitor situations around uh, the world related to COVID-19, the coronavirus, and the, their latest news is they are going to uh, do a couple of things. First of all, any missionary in Korea who is uh, non-native, they say they are going to pull all of those missionaries back to their home countries. They'll actually return home until they get a temporary assignments within their home country. So that's a pretty significant move. The Absolutely. church has three uh, missions in South Korea right now, and a lot of missionaries, of course, from the United States here. They're also suspending travel uh, of missionaries to some of these countries. So, for example, if a missionary is awaiting to go to Japan, uh, they will uh, temporarily just kind of stay in that waiting period until um, until things uh, settle down. There are several other missionary uh, missions in that area, but pretty significant that they're pulling all of the non-native missionaries now out of Korea. And uh, just having known some people who are close to this situation, I know that uh, there's a real sensitivity in Korea, more kind of a uh, to, to being over over precautious there sure. uh, because of the way the religion and, and things are perceived there. So that might be part of it as well. Yeah, we're true. working on that story. And, we'll... and here's the thing. This, this raises a, a number of questions. Logistics, first and foremost, the, what you've described to us, uh, three missions sending home their U.S. native missionaries uh, here, that could represent hundreds of individuals. Oh, yeah. And uh, and how that is handled, how repatriation will work, uh, fascinating questions. Uh, Mark Drew, grateful to you for your update. Outstanding. Uh, Listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to touch base with KSL Television's Garna Mejia. She is, at this very moment, sitting in a courthouse uh, up in Idaho, Rexburg, Idaho, where Lori Vallow is uh, in the middle of an arraignment hearing. Uh, We're going to get the update from Garna next up here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.